Good morning. Today, the whole theme thematically has been God's presence. The songs we've sang, I'll come back to those. The text is from a familiar passage from the book of Exodus. If you have a copy of the scriptures, I just go ahead and encourage you to turn over to Exodus chapter 33. Uh, put your bulletin, your worship guide, your lipstick, your pen. I don't know, just put something in there. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, you know, the, the reality is we get to, we are privileged, we're honored to get in the presence of God. It's a beautiful place to be, to abide in his presence. You, you know when his presence isn't there, or at least I do, and probably you do too. Um, why be a people of presence? Because when we get in God's presence, he, he shapes us, he conforms us, he squeezes us to the mold of his son. And right at the very top of your notes today, I just put a simple statement. Can you, can you look there with me? It says, do you have a passion for his presence? Do you have a passion for the presence of God? That's a question individually every person has to ask. And it's not a question that you just ask on a Sunday morning when I ask it or, or every Sunday when you come to worship. But it's a question that I think you ask yourself every day. And maybe throughout the day, continually, you think about the presence of God. If you go back to Scripture, to the Old Testament, there was a great flood. It was called Montgomery. No, Montgomery, wrong story. It was the flood. And it rained and rained. You know, always lately everybody's going, Pastor, do you think there's going to be another flood of 40 days and 40 nights? I'm like, well, I know they ain't read their Bible. Because he didn't say he would destroy the earth ever again by flood. But I want you to notice what Scripture says. that he wouldn't destroy the earth. He didn't say he wouldn't destroy cities. Did you see your city kind of change? I heard the other day that Geneva had, Alabama had 21 inches of rain, a lot of rain. But then you go back to the garden, and, and when they sinned, the presence of God was taken away. It was banished from the people. Because up to then, there had been the sweetest fellowship that we'll only enjoy again when we get into heaven. But they were in the presence of God. In Exodus chapter 3, it's not the text today, one of my favorite stories, Moses stands at a burning bush, and the bush is not consumed in the inferno. I don't know if you watched the Bible that was out this year, and they did a lot of great things with that, but the, the depiction of the bush just kind of messed me up. It was a towering, burning inferno. I just had a little bush like in your yard, and the bush caught on fire, but maybe it wasn't an inferno like that. But God spoke in the bush and his presence was there one time moses went to the mountain and some two million people heard the voice of god as god spoke to him the great leader and there's the presence of god this is extra for you i want you to write it somewhere i left you a little room today not much the presence of god can be found in three categories i want you to write this down number one his presence can be found in his power how strong and how mighty and how great he is with David, with judges, with all through the scripture, through the, the walls of Jericho falling, and story after story, the accounts of the Old and New Testament in the story of our day, the, the presence of God is found there in the power of God. The second thing is, a category is the revelation of God. When God's revelation comes to us and it becomes personal and it becomes dear to us, and, and, and the prophets would say, in the spirit of the Lord is on me and I speak for God. When revelation came, when revelation comes through his word, the presence of God always accompanies it. The third thing, 
It's, it's the most hard to define. The third category is the glory of God. When the glory of God comes on a people, when the glory of God comes on a gathering like this, when the glory of God comes on a nation, on a people, on your home, on your kids, on your marriage, you just know it. There's majesty, there's worth, there's excellence. The Ark of the Covenant would signify the presence of God. They wanted that presence. Weren't sure what they were going to do it. They wanted it. To dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the presence of God, what we all long for. Isaiah says, and he'll pour out his spirit. And I, I would just say, as he pours out his spirit, God pours out his presence on a people. You know, I cry that for our church all the time. God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit on the people at Ryan Road. God, pour out your spirit on America. God, pour out your spirit on that home. God, pour out your presence on them. They, they need you. The New Testament says it a little differently, but similar. His presence has been made known. His presence is now accessible to you and I because of Jesus. We can go to the Father and we can stay and live and be connected in the presence of God. One writer over in 1 Peter says, we are now living stones. The priesthood, the royal priesthood of God, 1 Peter says, Pretty cool. We, the, the living stones, we think about the stones that they built the temple, the stones that build the buildings. But I want you to know, if you're in Christ this morning, you're a stone and you're a living stone. And these stones have gathered together today to give God praise. Amen? And that's what we are. We're the living stones of God. And we've gathered to draw strength, to reflect his glory. And as we gather, we scatter. It's like I'm doing an omelet commercial as I said that. Scatter. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was funny. All right. Yeah, here we go. Sometimes things are just funny in my mind. Okay. But we gather to scatter with the presence of the living Christ. The gathering of the living stones, the local church. But I want you to look here at the main text today. Turn over to Exodus 33 or just open. I already told you to go there. Chapter 33, starting about verse 7. Listen to the word of the Lord. Matter of fact, stand for this. This is a, a sacred text. It's all sacred, but I just want to read it to you. Listen, reading from the NIV today, only simply because your pastor left his NLT, his Bible that he preaches with, on his uh, couch when he was reading the word this morning. And now everybody said, well, praise God, our pastor reads the Bible. Okay, well, all right, but it had notes in it, and I'd like to have them. Here we go, here we go. Exodus 33. Verse 7, and now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, and he called it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp, and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and they stood at the entrances to their tent. A little odd scene here, but powerful. Watching Moses until he entered the tent, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and they worshipped each at the entrance to his tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Oh, man, that's awesome. As a man speaks with his friend, and then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, there's Joshua, guys, the son of Nun, he did not leave the tent. But he was scared to leave the tent. And Moses said to the Lord in verse 12, you've been telling me, leave these people but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. And you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And if you're pleased with me, then teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And remember that the nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence, there it is, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. And then Moses said to him, 
If your present does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do very, the very thing you've asked. And because I am pleased with you, I know you by name. And then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence, and I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, this is a place near me where you may stand on a rock when my glory passes by. I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen that's god's word for his people of faith today you can be seated man great passage and i want to preach on the presence of the living god this morning as we think about the presence of the lord moses was a man of presence i think he had the presence the countenance of the lord but here he was a man of presence he he wanted god's presence in his life he wanted it to be reflected it, it made a difference in his life Certainly a man that God spoke to in a burning bush had something to say. Would you agree with me, church? I mean, he came near to Moses because he was pleased and he loved him and he spoke to him. So here we see that Moses often conferred with God and talked with God. In the Bible, we just read, said he, he talked with him face to face. Moses conferred with God in tabernacle, in church, in temple, whatever you want to call it. And Moses actually glowed and he radiated the glory of God and he'd been in the presence of God and he would come out and people go, Moses has been with God. He's glowing. And you know today that same principle happens for you and I. When we're literally in the transforming presence of Christ, people know it. And the church said, I believe it. Now, if you ain't been in the presence of God, everybody's like, you know, sometimes they're like, man, you've been in the presence of the devil. Man, you acting like your father, the father of this world, not the father of heaven. So he, he moves through here. And yet Moses, I think Moses was afraid to forfeit the presence of God. Because he had experienced it, and he didn't want to leave that aside. He, he didn't, he didn't want to miss out on what God had. And it said the people heard these things, and he didn't forfeit the presence of God. He, he stayed with God, and the tabernacle was God's place. And the tabernacle was a place of God's presence, that God would come. God would come to the ark. God would come to the tabernacle. But today, God just comes right to us, and he draws near. Come near to God this morning, and he'll draw near to you. We'll read that scripture in a minute from James. But God, come. In, in verse 7, let, let's look here. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, calling it the tent of meeting. Moses waited in anticipation. He anticipated that God loved him, that God was pleased with him, and God would come and say something to him for his soul, for the people. And I just got a simple question today. Write down the word anticipation somewhere on your notes. Do you anticipate the presence of God? See, I, I think it's a lot to do with our heart attitude. That's why I encourage you to come to worship early, to come in here and get a seat early, to come and get settled early, and to anticipate that we might sing your favorite song, we might not sing your favorite song. I might preach your favorite text, I might not preach your favorite text. Your favorite vocalist might be here, your favorite vocalist not be here. They might have the donut you like, they might not have the donut you like. I don't know. The sun might be shining, it might be storming, but anticipate the presence of God, okay, church? Just, Lord, I come and I expect. And, and the Bible says they went and, and Moses met with God and the people rose up. And they stood and they were reverent and they worshiped God. 
thinking how many times we've gotten away from that. Man, they, 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 just, they were ready for something. And Moses, the Bible talks about, he interceded. He prayed. It's my holy privilege to pray for you as your pastor. I stand in the gap and I intercede for you. You give prayer requests and we pray for those prayer requests. And I have a relationship with so many of you. And I pray for those and people text me and they call me and they, and they send me notes and they come see me. Man, that's, that's huge. It's a responsibility. But it's not just mine, it's yours. If you're a fellow stone, a living stone, we pray. But God's presence distinguished them as a people of God. The presence of the Lord, the cloud, the pillar, the fire. You read all through the story of Exodus and you see how God's presence was reflected and they followed the cloud. They followed him, the, the presence. And with his presence, they were somebody. Minus the presence of God, they were nobody. Write that somewhere in your notes. Minus the presence of God, you're a nobody. With the presence of God, you're everything. You're his ambassador in Jesus Christ. So don't miss out on the presence of God. Don't forfeit it. And there's ways we can forfeit it. Number one, just sin. Just rebellion, turning against God. This presence distinguishes them from other people. They were made known from other nations. They didn't have false gods. They didn't have gods of stone and, and uh, metal or whatever. They had the, the living God, Jehovah, and they followed him and they believed in him. Because the Canaan gods, they had these multiplicities of gods. Little g, no power, no deliverance, no help. I mean, read the story of Elijah, you, you, you see there. And then 1 Peter, let's go back to that. Write down 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Here it is, but Peter reminds us, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of God as he has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I think about that all the time when I share my testimony. Jesus Christ transferred this pastor from the deeds of darkness, and he transferred me by the grace and the mercy and the blood of Christ into the kingdom, the marvelous kingdom of light, and I give him praise every day for that. And if you're in Christ today, Christ took you from your sin, your dominion, your darkness, and he transferred you into his glory, into his light. And I tell you, do you want to stay in darkness or do you want to stay in the light? Wait a minute, it's not rhetorical. Do you want to stay in the darkness or do you want to stay in the light? In the light. Hey, man, good, solid answer. That's going to sound good. I'm going to drive off the road when I hear that one. All right, good. So we desperately need his presence. This morning, I didn't come to go, you know, I just hope somebody will show up there. I said, God, I want you to show up. I don't understand this verse where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. You know, God's also with us one-on-one -on -one when we meet with him. Do you believe that? I do. But there's something about corporate community gatherings of the saints, the living stones. God shows up, I think, an extra special force and power and presence. I wrote this thought down. Worship is about God's presence. What is worship to you? How important is worship to you? Worship has been defined as getting into the presence of God. Write that down. That is so worthy. Worship is getting into the presence of God. And I praise God over and over and over for Jeff Bush and for his life and for his testimony and for his anointing and for his gifts as he leads us weekly into the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And the devil tried to silence him and he tried to put him down in January and Jeff rose up and I go, praise God, hallelujah, amen. Come on church, praise him, man. He leads us into the presence of light. I think this is a spiritual war that Jeff's been through, not just a physical so here it is, like the presence of God. When we get in the presence of God, it defines us because we radiate. We have something to radiate, the hope of Christ. 
you don't get in the presence of God, you got something to radiate. It's your flesh. It's yourself. And, and we, you know, that's good for a season. Let me tell you what I did today. Here it is. Here's the songs. These are the... Jeff, have we sang four songs so far? Four? And we got a fifth one to come. Somebody's like, praise God, he's going to get through. But not yet. I'm just getting started. Okay. And in these songs, I went through them because Jeff and I agreed that we don't just sing songs that have good melodies. Now, I don't want to sing songs that have bad melodies. That stinks, okay? I could talk about that for days. I don't want to sing songs that are dead. There's, nobody's ever told me Christ's community has dead liturgy and songs to the king. If anything, they're like, they're loud, hallelujah, but they're worthy of praise in the house. But I want to just give you a couple. I just wrote down, because good worship, getting the presence of God, always calls for a response. Somebody ought to write that on your sheet. Worship calls for a response. The song part of the service calls for a response. The word that I preach calls for a response. Here it is, we sing our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, our God is higher, our God is healer, awesome in power. You know what Jeff was trying to tell us today? We're going to make a declaration. Our God is strong, and the church said, amen. Here's the next one. This is the one that Hannah and Jeff and team wrote. Great song, one of my favorites. Some of you don't know it because it's brand new. It'll be on the album. It's called Pursued, Pursuing God. I love the chorus, though. Every time they sing the chorus, my heart melts in the presence of Jesus. Wherever you lead, I'll follow. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Every step I'm taking, I'll always know that you are for me. You will carry me. Isn't it fun to go back over the songs that we just sang? We ran through them. Like, oh, I like that melody. I didn't like that melody. I ought to change that. You know, I, 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 oh, that's easy to sing. That's hard to sing. Sometimes we sing songs in worship. They're hard to sing. I understand. Sometimes we sing songs that are just easy to sing. But we have these screens that are bigger than life, okay? Look up there. Let it sink in your spirit. Let me do another one. Here in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Here in your presence, we are undone. Here in your presence, heaven and earth, they become one. So go of the Father. Here in your presence, all things are new. Here in your presence, everything bows before you. Here it is, Holy Spirit. We just sang that. You're our living hope, the bridge. Let us become more aware of your... You'll never sing that song the same, will you? It calls for a response. So when we worship on Sunday morning, let me just say this. It's calling us, it's making a declaration of who God is, how mighty, how majestic, how holy, but then it calls us to respond to him. Response. I think heaven's going to be so much about what was our response on earth. How do we respond to the king? So worship is about preeminence. It's about Christ. It's about his goodness. Here it is. Your passion for God secures his presence. The people of the Old Testament, the people today, they know about immorality we know about idolatry and we know about sin moses dealt with the people today god deals with us in a very specific way but what happens to our passion for the things of god if we're not careful they they grow dull they grow callous we grow cold we put out we make idols in our heart a whole nother message in itself and we're not faithful you know right now I, i'm excited I'm, I'm a former athlete don't look like much of an athlete now but i used to be an athlete okay and uh and i love college football so do many of you some of you hate it and you think it's the purgatory season's coming some of us think it's the the warm-up for heaven but um but a football fan will spend lots of money they'll wait in hours worth of lines they'll they'll sell firstborn children they'll they'll do I hope not. They'll do all kinds of things to go to a game or go to a big game. It, it, it's a big deal. And yet, 
Sometimes you have to be bribed to come to the house of God. Like, oh, what kind of donuts are y'all going to have this weekend? What kind of coffee do you have? What kind of, what kind of preacher you got? Well, he's lame. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have here? What do you have that? And, and I'm just saying we ought to run to the house of God. And say, so, God, I want to run into your presence with the people of faith. I'm encouraged in my soul. I connect with you. you. You know what this place is? This is a place of connection, church. I'm not apologizing for that. It's what I celebrate. It's what I long for. I pray for this place to overflow. I've been praying that God, let me, let me tell you my big prayer right now. I got, an aud- I got a bunch of audacious prayers, but I'll share one with you. I've been praying for 3,000 souls one to Christ over the next 10 years. 3,000 new converts in Jesus Christ. Some of you are like, what are we going to do with them? You got the wrong attitude. I'm ready, just ready to go to multiple services if this thing would explode because we were radiating the presence of Jesus Christ and we're inviting people into his presence. In the church, we got to get going, church. We got to invite people. Today, I'm so excited. I feel like it's a I feel like it's late August and people are back and I'm not looking at a lot of empty chairs today and we're only going to one o'clock today. It's going to be amazing. I'm just kidding. We're going to get out on time, okay? I could preach to one o'clock one time and I probably wouldn't be back next Sunday because people would ask me to be removed and we would have no more workers for your kids. So I'm just kidding, okay? But connect with God. The children of, 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 of Israel, they put away uh, the presence of God many times. And yet, some of them knew that they wanted to find God, and they connected with God, and they, and they sought his heart, and they sought his face, and they longed to feel his presence, to hear his voice. They, they uh, just were determined to get in the presence of the Lord. Every day, do you determine in your heart to set apart Jesus Christ as Lord and spend some time in his word and some time in prayer, listening to his voice, making your petitions to him? Do you long to come to a Bible study, to a small group, to a community gathering of worship, to go to a retreat, to go to a conference, to get in the presence of the Lord? Worship just doesn't happen. We don't stumble our way into worship. We go prepared. We go seeking the face of God. Let me just say this. This morning is about the presence of God. If you're not experiencing the presence of God, it might be you're you're on the wrong channel. You're not even focused because when you focus on the presence of God, and you pursue God's face, God will be found. I know that with all my heart. I'm excited about the presence of the Lord with his saints and worshiping the creator above his creation and wanting the Lord and seeking his face. But i got to be honest. Let's go ahead and just shuck it down to the cob, as the old country boy said. Some of you just want his hands. God, I just want what your hands will give me. I seek the hands of God. And I understand, I don't like the good stuff of God. I want, I want the hands of God. But God wants us to seek his face. I love it when my kids, you know, my kids, hey, Dad, you got any money? Yeah, you need some? Okay. Hey, Dad, you, you know, they're grown now, so it's, it's not like it used to be. It's just fun now. They, you know, you, you just give them stuff. But you know what's the sweetest thing is when they just come? Dad, I just want to be with you. Dad, I just love you. Dad, I just want to sit with you. Wow. Hey, you need anything? And I don't think it's a manipulation tactic. It's just, they love me. What are you laughing about? My kids love me. <laughs> if you feel like you're being manipulated, you need to go check out your relationship with your kids. And if they're under five, they probably are manipulating. No, 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 I'm teasing, I'm teasing. No, no, not manipulating. If they're a teenager, I know they're manipulating you. They are not. Teenagers love Jesus, and they love, they love their parents. Don't you, teenagers? 
Someone said, you can't lie in the house of God when they might be dragging them out dead. All right, here we go. Right. Worship should take the domain of the heart, precedent over the heart. God, I worship you. This whole tent of meeting, I wish I could have been there, man, to have seen and heard Moses meet with God at tent of meeting, and everybody's standing, millions of people, and God would come down, and Joshua that later took over for the commander Moses, I mean, he didn't leave the tent. I mean, man, I read this, I'm like, this is amazing. Okay, well, maybe you don't get excited about the presence of God. I think you do. John 4, Jesus said, I'll give you my presence. Those that worship me in spirit and truth, I draw near. This is truth, church. I'm never going to cash in this book. I believe every word of this book. I believe this is God's infallible word for today and 2013 and forever. And it is eternal and it is flawless and it is a shield and it is a protector to those that will find wisdom and follow it. It's the word of God. Love it. Devour it. Some of you are like, hey. you know, let me tell you, I, I've told you this before, I've got to tell you real quick. The coolest thing, I'm just going to go, hey, if I'm still living when you die, and I don't know, I don't, I don't, somebody like, do you know something I don't know? Okay. Mark your Bibles, read your Bibles, mark them up, crumple the pages. I mean, don't just do it to be fake, but read them. I love to look at the Bibles of saints that have died in Jesus Christ, that they've camped out in God's Word. They have coffee stains where they've spilled coffee. They've done, the dogs eat it. I don't know. It's kind of sad when I go, hey, can I have their Bible? And I pick it up, and most of the chapters of the Bible are sticking together. Because they've never spent time there. And I'd say if you're not spending time in God's Word, you're not spending very much time in His presence. God's presence is built upon a personal relationship with his son i remember when i came to know jesus 35 years ago i knew about the gospel i knew about jesus but i didn't know him and when he changed my life i longed for his word i longed to get in his presence and to make his presence known to other people the best i can and then the bible talks about our worship makes a difference in heaven do y'all believe that our worship services make a difference in heaven I believe they do. I believe Scripture teaches that. They make a huge difference here on earth. I believe the saints in glory that surround us, that great heavenly host, I believe they cheer us on in worship of Jesus Christ. Wow, God, your presence, heaven, purifying our life. Let me move through this with you. I could, man, I could just preach for days. Some of you are like, well, go ahead. Some of you are like, hurry, I'm hungry. Okay, right, presence, corporate gathering, a passion zeal ardor venomous desire love eager desire to in the hebrew to delight in to take pleasure to desire to be pleased to experience emotional delight that a person wishes to strongly have god give us an unbridled holy passion for the church and for the presence of the living christ today somebody said man what did you preach and preach about today the presence of god i long for it my soul cries out for it. If it's not crying out, man, check whose team you're on. Listen to Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have I desire to the Lord, that I will seek after to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Lord, that's a good place to be. But let's look at this thing. I just realized I don't even have an outline up here, and uh, it was in my Bible that I left at home today. I keep looking for it, and... It's a 6,400 applewood cord. Okay, anyway, here we go. 
Thank God I know what I'm talking about today. Number three steps to take. Here it is. Knock. Knocking down the barriers. That's what I've come to say today. Knock down the barriers that are keeping you from the presence of Christ. Push out the sin. Let God uh, knock out the things. I've been to Israel in 1999. I went to the Wailing Wall, and I read a story I thought was interesting where there was no more temple. It was destroyed by 70 A.D. by the Roman army and tent. But listen to this. All that remains in the foundation, the western wall of Herod's temple. But did you see the other day that numbers of Orthodox Jewish men turned out to protest the presence of women in an area of the Wailing Wall that previously had been reserved for men? Even today, there are those who intentionally keep others because of their gender, race, belief, dress, nationality, etc., from the presence of God. May it never be said of us that we tried to keep anybody from the presence of the living Christ. I remember going to the Wailing Wall. It was the most unusual thing. Those Orthodox Jews would run into the wall and they would put their prayers in the wall and then run back and they would kneel and come back and kneel and come back. It, it kind of drove me nuts. I went, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. I go to Jesus. How about you? Men and women. Isn't that good news, women? Women, is that good news? Okay, I just want to make sure y'all are there. Okay, right, here we go. Knocking down, look at the next one, kneeling. Kneeling in the amazing presence of Christ. In just a few moments, this altar will be open, and somebody might want to come and kneel in the presence of this community of faith and just worship, or you might kneel at your chair, or you just might kneel in your heart, but kneel. And then the other one is keeping yourself in the presence through constant communion. Keep yourself in the communion of God. Um, and this one, look at James 4, 8. I think it's going to come up on the screen. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, but draw near. Come near. Press in to the heart of him. Experience God's presence during the trials of life. Some of you in here have had some tough trials in 2013. This past week, I was telling you last weekend, my mother was in the hospital, and this week she took a turn and went to ICU, and things were really looking bleak. Praise God, she's got about 22 lives. She made another comeback. Yesterday, she went to the rehab hospital. But we've got a long road, and I just think about, man, we've got to draw near. We've got to press in. Life's full of trials. If you're not having a trial, you probably know somebody's got a trial. <laughs> and if nobody's got a trial and you ain't got a trial, hang on. You'll get your turn, okay? Don't, don't be jealous. Next point, affirm God's nearness in your heart. God is hedged in behind you, and God is hedged in before you. But draw near to him. Remind yourself of the scripture. I want you to write down this verse, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, but fear not, for I am with you. That is a promise of holy God. He promises to be with us. Even one of the songs we sang about he is with me, he is here. And then visualize the presence of God. Write that in. Visualize that you remind yourself of, of, the, of the faithful presence of the Lord. Maybe a chair, and you just visualize that the Father sits with you. He certainly sits with you spiritually and emotionally and relationally, but physically. Father, I pull up a chair. Have your way. Talk to me. Speak to me. Lead me. And then I'd say to you, reflect God's presence in your behavior. I read a book years ago called Brother Lawrence. I was reading a book recently called The Red Sea Rules. And listen to this. It tells just a little deal on his life. But his name was Nicholas Armand. 
He was born in Latrine, France in 1605, and he reached his teen years at the onset of the Thirty Years' War, during which he fought for the French army. He was seriously wounded. He walked a great difficulty in his life. And converted at the age of 18, he was, became an assistant for a local official in the French treasury. Years passed, and at the age of 50, wanting a richer spiritual life, Nicholas joined the Carmelite monastery in Paris. But he was assigned, listen to this, to the kitchen. A task that struck him as insulting and humbling. For several years, he went about his chores grudgingly and dutifully. And one day, Nicholas decided to change his thinking. It's a great line. He decided to change his way of thinking. He became frequently reminding himself of how constantly God's presence hovered about him. Even the most menial tasks, Nicholas realized, if undertaken for God's glory, are holy and whenever the Christian stands, listen, even in a hot, thankless kitchen is holy ground, for the Lord is there. And the whole premise of the book, here it is, I'll tell you, you don't even have to read it. Practice the presence of Jesus Christ wherever you are. Whether you're digging a ditch, you're pulling weeds, you're making the deal, you're taking a test, you're, uh, you're cleaning the toilet, I know he's there, uh, you're in the kitchen, you're singing songs, you're reading scripture, I don't know, just practice the presence of Christ. The presence, uh, that was the name of the book, Practicing the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence is what we know him as. Anyway, so we, we reflect on him. And then, I just want you to look here quickly. I'm going to land this plane. Psalm 84. He says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, it even faints. For the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young in a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are forever praising this morning, let me, let me set it up this way. If you know anything about the tabernacle, there's an outer court, there's an inner court, there's a holy of holies. In worship, I've been teaching this to worship pastors forever. Jeff's the first worship pastor. I didn't have to teach this. He understood it already. The outer court is when y'all come into this service. It's praise. It's worship. It shakes off all the junk of the world. We come into a more intimate inner court. And, and the psalmist says, my soul longs, my soul yearns for God. So this morning, that's been our whole prayer, is that you would learn about the presence of God. Wait, you would experience the presence of God, and you would return for more and more and more, and you would want no less. My heart and soul cry out, a longing, an appetite for a holy God. The sparrows, even in that scripture, say they lived around the house of God. Let us be in the house of God. Let him fill our hearts. Let's find a shelter, a refuge. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm grateful for communion, and I pray for a response right now in this last song of worship. This altar is open from this point forward. And I wrote down one question. Don't leave today without connecting with the presence of God. Father, don't let anybody leave this room, the living room, without connecting with you, with your living presence. You are more than enough. Draw near to us as we draw near to you. Encounter his presence today. Call 
upon Jesus.